Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Cameron, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. We're back on the air after a two-week hiatus. I apologize, everyone. I was quite ill last week. Sinuses were full. I was mouth-breathing like 80 times worse than usual. And really, like, don't get me wrong, like, the quality of this here show isn't always the highest. But I do take some pride in my work, and last week, it wasn't going to be worth it for me to do or you to listen to my mouth-breathing. Anywho, so, we're going to just kind of skip over anything that you could have gotten on your own last week. Um, I did watch the show. It, it was a lot of fun, and I'm actually kind of sad that I didn't uh, get to do, review it. Maybe we'll do something special with it. I don't know. Uh, but really, we should focus on this week. Uh, so we have MLW Fusion 135, a fatal four-way for the World Middleweight Championship. And, of course, we got a brief news bit here. Uh, so starting things off with the news, it has been announced this week that the latest charge of Mr. St. Laurent, Microman has signed a multi-year deal with Major League Wrestling. Microman, one of the, pri- one of the premier uh, minis from Mexico, uh, signing with the company. He made his debut last week during the trios match. Uh, he was Mr. St. Laurent's big mystery signing. And uh, he, he was a lot of fun last week. I don't know if you guys got the show or not, but uh, he's very, he, he's definitely micro. He is apparently male uh but he is definitely uh, flipping and flopping like the rest of the luchadors so uh an exciting uh addition to the roster and i'm very curious to see uh kind of like what they do with him whether he'll uh tangle with uh the full-size roster or if he'll uh kind of be relegated to more of the mini folk uh but really like and then of course then the offshoot of that is obviously is he going to be mixing with the main main roster or is he going to be part of the mlw azteca group uh but anyway we'll wait and see uh interesting signing exciting nonetheless um so good on microman getting paid in in dollars and i mean i guess you want to come to america that's a thing right okay Uh, before we try to get too political or anything like that let's just let's just move on never mind that we have a show to review mlw fusion 135 the show starts off with a recap from last week where Richard Holiday and Alicia Toot are in Cesar Duran's office. Richard is wanting what is promised to him, and that is a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. Cesar's like, and, uh, you know, uh, Davey Richards always already signed a contract, so he gets the next title shot. Um, but if you would like to... I don't know, jump in line. Uh, if something should happen to Davey Richards, you're next in line. This uh, We go from there, so we cut to present times with Richard and Alicia. Uh, in between them is a briefcase. Richard notes that Davey was very rude, cutting in line for that World Heavyweight title opportunity. Um, but Cesar's offered an out to allow Richard to take his rightful spot as number one contender. Opens up said briefcase, and in, lo and behold, it is filled with cash. He offers the briefcase to any member... Well, anyone, let's face it, anybody who is able to take Davy Richards out so that he can't compete for the World Heavyweight Championship. From there, we go to our opening credits. Rich Bocini and Joe Drombowski is there to run down the card and welcome us to the show. Again, the main event is a fatal four-way. One of those four competitors is a total mystery. A major pickup by Cesar Duran, allegedly. But before we get to that, we have some more 
title action. It is Calvin Tankman taking on Alex Kane with Mr. Thomas, the Beaumaier Fight Club, the Suplex Assassin for the MLW National Openweight Championship. These two gentlemen have been in a feud for quite some time now, uh, stemming clear back to the Opera Cup when Kane was an alternate and he uh, set his sights on Tankman, who had previously rebuffed his invitation to the Beaumaier Fight Club, decided he was going to take Tankman out of the competition so he could take Tankman's spot. Uh, didn't work out, so they just made sure that Tankman was eliminated from the tournament. Uh, so... The two start off hot and heavy, a collar-elbow tie-up with clubbering action. Uh, Tankman, being the larger individual, won that battle, sends Kane to the outside. Kane takes a moment to regroup, comes back in, and tries a variety of his 368 suplexes. None of them work. He's got to wear down Tankman first. Uh, Tankman reverses, does a runaround, gets him into the ropes, and does a big old pounce, which fills my heart with joy, because... I love me a good pounce. Um, from there, Kane goes outside, takes another respite. Uh, Calvin is getting ready to go for him, and Kane hooks the leg and ties it up in the ropes like Andre the Giant style. And from there, like everything breaks down. Like He's doing everything he can to injure that knee. He's clubbering it. He's pulling it in the ropes. Eventually, he distracts the ref, and Mr. Thomas, with a lead pipe, wanders by and Gives it a crack while he's at it, um, but ultimately does enough damage that Tankman really can't support his own weight. Ref pauses the match to try to get some decorum and eventually just stops it. Uh, so it looks like our winner is going to be Alex Kane, still your national open weight championship or championship holder, champion. There we go. Grammar. Grammar is evidently not my specialty today. However, in a breaking story, we go backstage where Homicide is attacking Davy Richards. Uh, Richards, though, is luckily able to fend off uh, Mr. 5150 and uh, wanders off screaming for Richard Holiday. We cut back to the ring where Alex Kane is still in the ring. He's telling Crybaby Calvin to just go home, go home. It's his ring, just go home. Calvin has enough and somehow is magically cleared to... Have the match restarted? Like, he's okay, I guess. Uh, but enough damage has been done. Uh, Calvin really tries to get some offense in, but eats three German suplexes for his efforts. Uh, Calvin does hit a pop-up back elbow. He's going for something that resembles a powerbomb lift, whether it had been a pile driver or a powerbomb. Uh, I'm not sure, but either way, Kane gets his shoulder into the bad knee, allowing him to get a jackknife pin and retains the title, gets the three count off that. Um, so there's our first match. Uh, like it's going to continue the feud, obviously. Um, but I'm not really sure what the point of the ref stoppage was, uh, especially if they're going like he can't bear his own weight. And now, oh, look, he can. Let's do things like then we probably shouldn't have stopped the match anyway, I guess. Like, I don't know. Uh, that part fell flat for me. Like, I have no problem with the feud. The feud is fun. Uh, just this match in particular just never got to go anywhere because it was mostly kind of shtick for what little time it was given. Uh, Rich Bocini, however, is at ringside, wants a word with Alex Kane. He notes that he did everything he said he would, and he beat crybaby Calvin. Boma yay, boma yay, boma yay. 
All right, we get another recap of the Cesar referencing something, something to happen to Davy Richards with Holiday and his bounty. Uh, cut to a 51-50 promo. Uh, they're tired of the legacy teams just coming up and getting tag team title shots. They're title, uh, tired of the entitlement just because you have a last name and you just get to walk in and get a title. 51-50 had to earn everything that was given to them from ever since they were tiny little babies to now, where they are dual tag team champions with MLW and IWA Puerto Rico. Rico. Uh, that being said, they will be willing to take down anybody, even if it's another legacy team like Ricky and Carrie Mor- uh, Morton, who I'm not sure if they're lined up to uh, fight, but I know Carrie and Ricky are now in the promotion, at least doing one run through anyway. TikTok, it's another promo video from Killer Cross. No word when he's officially showing up on TV, though. TikTok. Backstage in a dimly lit room, Carly Perez is offering some sort of artifact to make King Muertes a god. Alright, it is time for our second match of the evening. Casey Navarro making his return to the ring after being heinously attacked by Enzo, taking on Dragon Gate superstar and wrestling promoter from China, Ho-Ho Loon. Uh, Loon is probably best known here at least stateside for being part of the inaugural Cruiserweight Classic back in, was I think, 2016? Is that when the Cruiserweight Classic was? Yeah, I didn't write that in my notes. I'm just riffing at this point. Um... But since then, he has gone back to Asia, started working with Dragon Gate, still promoting out of China um, and making good over there. He's on excursion in America at this time, doing a couple-month tour, popping up probably close to your town. I don't actually know. I, I don't know where you live either. So Anyway, before we can even get this match started, we cut to backstage where uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling Saito Brothers are slowly trying to pummel. Davy Richards, I, I'm glad to see that their backstage shenanigans are almost exactly like their in-ring shenanigans, uh, but luckily Richards is able to fend them off with a conveniently placed hockey stick back, uh, backstage. Inside the ring, we get the match started. We have some respect to start things off. Uh, we get the cruiserweight run around with some kicks and running and counters and all this stuff before Casey sends Loon outside the ring and hits a Lope Suicida. Uh, we get another uh, backstage breaking news thing, and we go see that with Amelia Sparks that Kane, Alex, Alex Kane and ACH are having a heated confrontation. They're being separated by security. Uh, don't fully know what's going on there, but allegedly has something to do with Kane's comments about Crybaby Calvin and ACH taking defense to that. Um, coming back in the ring, Loon is t- taking control, working over the injured neck of Casey Navarro. Uh, hits a N- Michinoku driver number two just to get two count, though. Uh, however, thing that like literally like right after that, Navarro hits a code breaker, leading to the Jesus piece for the three counts. Um, we go to ringside with Rich Bocchini. Uh, Navarro notes that it's been three months. Enzo took away three months of his career. Navarro really looked up to Enzo and thought, like, you know, believed in Enzo's message of, like, working yourself really hard will get you to where you need. And then Enzo hurts him. And now he's going to hurt Enzo back. He wants a grudge match. Uh, and that should be forthcoming here in the next few weeks anyway. Um, spoiler alert, it gets announced, like, in the next segment. Um, anywho, back to the match itself. Um... Not a fan of it. Uh, Navarro seems to be, you know, you know, a decent enough prospect, but I've never been that high on Ho-Ho Loon. I don't think he's that great of a wrestler, personally. You can disagree with me, whatever. Get your own podcast or, you know, 
Or just do what everyone else does and just flame me in the comments section. Hit me up on social media, tell me that I'm stupid, because I'm probably stupid. Not on this, though, but, like, everything else. Um, but, like, I don't know, Loon doesn't flow well in the ring, and, like... Compared to the Calvin Tankman match where there was like some smoke and mirrors, like I'm curious to see what the unedited version of this match because like they cut like right in the middle of the match to go backstage to the ACH stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, like we have like another minute and a half and the match is over. Like it was really quick and uh, like probably heavily edited, but that's just pure speculation on my part. I don't have any actual evidence outside of just watching how things were put together on the TV. Anywho, we're going to get a recap of the backstage attacks now that I'm done rattling on incoherently about Ho-Ho Loon. Uh, mind you that Homicide and the Saido brothers have both attempted to take out Davy Richards and claim the bounty. Uh, next week, we will get some title action in addition to uh, it was officially condoned, sanctioned, however you want to phrase it, that Enzo will be taking on Casey Navarro. We'll also get 5150 versus the Von Eriks for the N and uh, for the MLW Tag Team Championship as well. All right, we are going to take a brief pause for the cause, get some energy drinks, get some melatonin or workout supplements or whatever it is you do. Uh, I'll be back one moment. Now, whether you're someone who works out or, like me, needs to maintain focus and mental clarity, we could all use a pick-me-up. That's where Ray's Energy steps in. With Refresh technology, Ray's provides a hydrating, sugar-free boost of energy without the crash some other energy drinks have. You can find out where you can get Ray's Energy near you by visiting www.repsports.com. And while you're there, check out the other products that Rep offers, such as pre- and post-workout supplements and snacks. And if you want some extra savings, order online and apply my discount code CASS, that's C-A-S-S, -S, at checkout for 15% off your order. All right, we are back with Gnarls Garvin and Bud Heavy, the newly formed tag team that did not have any success when they were last together. They are at the bar drinking away. Gnarls is upset that they're losing. Gnarls vows to fight harder, which Bud Heavy can drink to that. Fight meaner, Bud Heavy can drink to that. And fight drunker, which Bud Heavy then promptly passes out. And well, gosh darn it, son. We need to get some more beer in you. And we're over. All right, so that, that was actually kind of fun. Like, Nar this team actually has potential to be at least fun. Uh, I don't know how far they'll make it, at least in MLW. But, you know, it's about having fun sometimes. And I'm all down for this. We get another recap of the Alex Kane Takeman match and then the ACH brawl that followed followed up with that. Uh, Emilio Sparks is backstage with the Beaumont Fight Club. And, oh, Calvin Takeman is here to have a brawl. Uh, so they has fight briefly before, you know, we cut away and move on to our next brawl. Uh, hey, speaking of which, we have the Saido brothers in Homicide quartering Davy Richards by the elevator. The elevator door opens and King Muertes appears. They try to have a four-on-one beatdown, but Alexander Hammerstone comes out and saves the day for Richards. Uh, so it looks like really like Hammer's wanting the best of Davy Richards. Isn't going to take any of these shortcuts. Uh, and they have a tense alliance for the time being. All right, it is about time for our main event, Fatal 4-Way for the MLW Middleweight Championship. Cesar Duran is out. He runs down the town, calls them losers, but they are losers that are going to love him as the best matchmaker in wrestling. Uh, he is 
breaking out his latest signing, his latest luchadore. It is Pro Wrestling Guerrilla World Heavyweight Champion. It is Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion Bandito. And unless you're my wife, who thinks he's named was Potato, and he's the cousin of the Corn Boy. Uh, she's old. She's losing her hearing. She might be senile. I don't know. Uh, anyway, it looks like Bandito is going to be the mystery opponent in this match. So it will be Bandito versus Matt Cross versus Myra Reed taking on the w- world middleweight champion Yoshihiro Tajiri back from All Japan Pro Wrestling. Tajiri's been defending the, bro- the belt all over the world, um, most notably in the rings of All Japan Professional Wrestling. Uh, the match starts off with Tajiri and Bandito taking out Reed and Cross and meeting inside the ring. They get some stuff in before Cross and Reed come back in and do some good cruiserweight things. Uh, Cross and Bandito really take an opportunity to show off what they can do in the ring. We get a commercial break, and when we come back, Tajiri is doing the tarantula to Myron Reed. Uh, Let's go before the five count ends. I don't know why he bothered. There's no DQs in a fatal four-way. What's the ref going to do? Disqualify him? He's just not going to get the, uh, the submission out of it, which is, you know, the norm. We get super kicks around from Reed and Bandito. Uh, Reed takes off the chest protector on the urging of Bandito, and the two have a chop-off with Bandito wins. Bandito gets a crucifix driver on Reed for two. It may have been three, but is broken up by Matt Cross. Bandito ends up on Reed's shoulders in the electric chair position. Cross goes for a crossbody. Haha, no pun intended. Uh, unfortunately, he is caught by Bandito, who hits a fallaway slam, poison run a combination on the uh, duo of Reed and Cross. And that was mildly nifty, I do have to say. Tajiri gets back in the ring. He goes to mist Myron Reed for a second time, or at least career-wise in this a second time. That's kind of how he won the title in their first meeting. Uh, however, misses and takes out Bandito. Uh, Cross hits rebound cutters on Cross and Reed. Uh, goes for the shooting star press, but Reed is able to catch him mid-air with a cutter, a la Randy Orton and Matt Seidel. Uh, so he gets the clout cutter for the three counts. Myron Reed... You're three-time, three-time, three-time MLW middleweight champion. Um, solid match going all around, which is something this uh, night really needed, considering the other two matches. Um, you know, I didn't go into super detail, but there's you know a lot of stuff going on as it is a fatal four-way uh, with a bunch of guys who can run around real fast and pull off some neat-looking stuff. Uh, I can't like go you know talk enough about the uh, fallaway slam poison rana combination uh and mad props to reed the guilt greatest in little time uh for becoming a three-time uh middleweight champion and i believe he is the only three-time champion of any division in major league wrestling history so also good on him as well for that you know oh he's uh you know making a name for himself out there uh but of course this is not how we are going to end the show we get a recap of what's going on next week um looks like we may get alex kane calvin and takeman and ach in a triple threat match 5150 versus the von erickson enzo versus casey navarro uh we end our show with a video package highlighting um the saga between alexander hammerstone your boy uh the world heavyweight champion and davy richards who will be competing later on for the world heavyweight championship um and really for them it's a game of respect and being able to bring out bring the a game to each other uh because both of them view being the champion means that you are the best and both of them view themselves as the best and want to be as such so 
that brings our show to the close. Throwing my notes on the ground. You know, uh, a lot of stuff going on backstage. Uh, backstage heavy show, at least in terms of progression that or way. Um, especially once we got the bounty idea going through. Uh, Match-wise, wasn't, you know, the best. I mean, obviously the first match, the Kane-Taken match, was more to uh, continue the feud um, and bring something new to that. Um, and then the main event, though, was solid and really, like... You know, big news out of the Bandito front. Like, he is quietly setting the world on fire, at least throughout the United States, picking up titles where he goes, uh, but just not doing it with uh, with the uh, panache of a Matt Cardona. Um, but otherwise, you know, uh, otherwise it was a fun show. Uh, again, like, the main event was fun. Uh, the backstage stuff was actually mildly entertained for the most part, and I'm very curious to see how the uh, bud-heavy Gnarls Garvin team works. Uh if it works at all, but whatever, it's gonna, it should be fun, we'll go along with it, anywho, that's the end of the show, it's time for me to wander off into the sunset, thank you all for listening, stay tuned for all the plugs and ways you can support the show, and I will catch you all next week. MLW Confusion is a weekly podcast that is written and performed by Rob Kammer and hosted at Anchor FM. The background music for this section is Ruined My Day, performed by Alan Schroeder. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends, family, and enemies. Leaving a review would also be helpful. Word of mouth advertisement, of course, is very important for us small podcasts. For my social media links, they can be found in the description below, but the Twitter and Instagram are both at the Nova of Cass, T-H-E-N-O-V-A-O-F-C-A-S-S, and Facebook is at MLW Confusion. If you'd like to support monetarily and help upgrade my equipment, please check out my virtual chip jar at www.kofi.com slash Casanova, that is C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. If you'd prefer more bang for your buck, go to patreon.com slash Casanova where for as little as $1, backers get access to the podcast early and without those pesky ads, plus other exclusive content. So head up the crew and join Maverick45, Alan Schroeder, and Keith Wynn, and check it out. You can also find t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net slash collections slash the Confusion Podcast. There's hyphens in between the Confusion Podcast, of course. And for other business inquiries, such as ads and sponsorships, please email me at rzkammer, K-A-M-E-R-E-R, at comcast.net. Thank you all for listening.